Well, I am just sick of hearing myself go on and on about Peter Kent. So I'm going to go on a reading rant and try to get as much of this behind me as possible. This will be a long one, as long as my voice holds out. And as long as the radio doesn't interrupt. January 18th, 2002. I am almost positive that he, Peter, read the letter that I faxed to my attorney about a prenuptial agreement. I had put it in the recycle bin, and he pulled it out to use as scrap paper. We spoke last night about both of us having our profiles on, and this was his response the next day. This is from Peter. Trust is a big issue with me. I am quite uncomfortable with anyone who does not trust. You must understand that is a function of integrity. We have, known each, we have not known each other that long, but you have no reason not to trust me. PK. <laughs> That's all I can say. January 21, 2002. Earlier this morning, this is from PK, from Peter. He says, earlier this morning, I had a learning experience. Repeatedly in the study of Chinese medicine, it is brought up how deleterious the male orgasm is to its energy. This morning, when I had that orgasm, it felt like something tore at my chest, something of an energy sensation. I was unable to get out of bed until now. I think it is safe to say that my love for you, or us, must be reserved for more delicate things, like doing the dishes and fixing the med-ex unit. I am wearing myself out in the biggest and best way I know how. It is a foolish, delectable thing to do. I am going to run to the tarpaulin place in Ebor this morning when I finally leave. PK. And this was a letter that I wrote to Peter's daughter on January 22, 2002. Dear Judy, while I hardly know you, I wish to tell you something I hope you will understand. Your dad and I were driving somewhere two days ago, and I asked how you were doing. His statement was that his gut feeling was that you were not filled, that you were unhappy somewhat, that your relationship with Rick is not what it should be. He stated that he could not ask too many questions, not having met Rick yet, and that he did not wish to bring up things that might stretch the point of your happiness and produce the opposite effect. He did not know how to ask you to keep your hopes up, that there are more fish in the sea. He would like to find a way to say that your choice at present is only that, your choice at present. It should in no way be a reflection on who you are as a complete being. If you do not find joy in your relationship, if you are not filled with happiness by his conversation, by his comments, by what he does for you, then I offer the following for your reflection, knowing that I have had more than a couple of relationships and that I have felt perhaps it was me who was at fault, and perhaps I know what you may feel. Perhaps what I am trying to say in the following is that men change for the better as they age. Your father and I recently took a walk down memory lane in Orlando that included seeing the dock and treehouse behind your home on Big Bear Lake. Your dad reminisced on what it was like raising you and your brother and the challenges, victories, and heartbreaks that wove the tapestry of your lives together. He said that he wished you and Peter, his son, knew the man he has become rather than the man he was. I don't know who he was and only know who he is, so I thought that perhaps I could share that, share with you the man that I know. I hope that this will also help you in finding your own soulmate, to know that there are such wonderful men out there. 
Some of them may still be that diamond in the rough that only needs time and the love of a good woman to help them reach their ultimate potential. Good communication is essential to a good relationship, and I love the way Peter speaks his mind. His language is gentle, though thought-provoking, and he has a way of speaking his heart that sounds like he has put tremendous amount of thought into it, when in fact he has only had moments to respond. His letters are even better, but who knows how much thought may have time may but who knows how much thought and time may go into revealing that expression of his soul. He always lets me know that I have been hurt and makes me feel that my emotions are justified because they are mine, regardless of whether he agrees with what I am saying or not. He never raises his voice, or even when he has had a very bad day, he is careful not to take it out on me. He says what he wants and doesn't beat around the bush or make me try to read between the lines to get his message. He is very straightforward and I like that. He knows his heart and knows how to express his feelings both verbally and in his actions. He says more to me in one hug than in a thousand words. He stops what he is doing and puts all of his attention and energy into a warm embrace that is silent, gentle, and yet powerful in the way it causes me to slow down and savor the moment. When he steps back, he looks me directly in the eye and says that he loves me. His mannerism is such as to let me know that for that moment in time, all that mattered was connecting with me on a spiritual level. I walk away feeling energized and capable of taking on anything the day may still have to challenge me with. He is thoughtful. He is doing so much work around the house that he is usually here when I get home, which is usually after dark. He has the consideration to always make sure the outside lights are on for me so that I can safely reach our front door. He has to go outside to turn them on, but it doesn't matter if it's raining or freezing or how hard he has worked that day, the light is always on for me. I came home the other day to find him washing dishes and thought that was the sexiest thing I had ever seen. It is such a simple gesture but one that says he wants to help make my life a little easier, and that means so much. He does his own cooking and actually washes the dishes fairly frequently, but this time I just realized what a loving gesture it was. He is always the one to get the door for me or bring flowers and to take the time to say something complimentary. He is kind. He has been doing some work at Easy Street and that he has been doing some work at Easy Street that was right outside my door and I noticed that he was so friendly to everyone that came by. People are just naturally drawn to him, and he has a love and fascination for his fellow man that just astounds me. I have noticed the way the cats speak to him in their own brand of silent communication. The photos of him with the tiger were so typical of the way he seems to seek to understand them that I made one of them wallpaper for my computer screen. To see him being so gentle, and loving the baby chicks made me wonder what it must have been like to see him with you and your brother. I've seen a few photos of him that seem to capture the essence of his paternal being, but he has so few of them. He is always looking to help someone or trying to make other people's lives better. He is very giving of himself and seeks nothing in return. His lovemaking is beyond compare. He is the best lover I have ever had in every aspect. It feels like such a special and cherished gift to be one with him. Every waking hour is like erotic foreplay that culminates in our union. 
We wake up making love. We fall asleep still joined after a night of making love. When we wake through the night, we cannot go back to sleep without reaching out to gently stroke each other or to curl up like spoons. At night, as we were winding down, Peter lights the candles around the room. He turns on some great love songs from Message in a Bottle, Tantric Songs of the Heart, and other CDs that we really enjoy. We often turn on the Playboy channel and mute the volume. The videos are stimulating, but the scripts are pitiful. He almost always pulls me close to him in our love mat that lies in the center of the room like an altar to the goddess of love. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we just enjoy the quiet and the candles and the experience of holding the one we love. He is always looking for ways to give me pleasure, and I am amazed at his repertoire of sensuous practices. By the time we have intercourse, I am so engulfed with desire for him that I can scarcely control myself, but he always controls himself. For the first time in my life, I am the one doing the taking, and he is always giving. He brings out the woman in me over and over until I collapse in exhaustion. He always ensures my satisfaction, as if it were all that mattered in the world to him. He is a man of integrity. He has the credentials and the contacts to engage in a form of personal injury practice that is very lucrative because it focuses on raping insurance companies. He has been approached by at least two men that I know of who want him to join them in their practice. But despite the easy money, the opportunity to be heralded by others in his field, and the glamour of being seen in the community as a success, he has chosen to do the honorable thing. He chooses to turn it down as a profession of low integrity. After a particularly grueling day yesterday, he said, it doesn't matter what I have to go through to feel this way about myself. He meant that, that he would rather work hard with his back and his hands than to sell his soul and re lose respect for himself. When you are 59 and you have the aches associated with a long life of hard work and you want to make something of yourself, it shows a tremendous quality of character to not rationalize that the ends will justify the means. I gained a much greater respect for him as I watched him make the hard choices. He sees the big picture and has the passion to make a difference. He is the smartest, most open-minded individual that I have ever known, and I like to surround myself with genius. I have known a lot of them, and typically they have some insight that sets them apart from the rest of us mortals, but sadly they often lack the vision of how their particular field of excellence fits into the big picture. Your father makes that connection very clear, and can express himself in a way that everyone can understand. He knows what he wants to do for his fellow humans and how his influence can ease suffering and be inspirational on a spiritual level. He is working on making his knowledge available to people around the world via the internet. Only time and resources have impeded his progress thus far. He will soon launch a site that will knock your socks off. The template for it is at www.electricmedicine.info, but is just in its conceptual stage. He is humble. As learned, gifted, and handsome as he is, Peter always seems surprised when others recognize his abilities. He knows that all good things come from God and will often pray out loud with me or email a prayer that he wanted to share with me. It is this sort of recognition of who is really in control that illuminates his meekness before God. He is hardworking. When he does something, he throws his entire body and soul into doing it better than anyone before him ever did it. He takes great pride in his work and isn't finished with a project until it's a true reflection of his utmost ability. His attention to detail just amazes me. 
He is capable of handling quite a few different projects at one time, and in fact seems to prefer them to work that way, and yet he stays on top of them and gets them done. Most people just want to tell others what to do, but your father jumps right in and does it himself. He will tackle any project, and if he doesn't know how to do something, he will learn how and get it done. He is a man of great compassion. I love the way he is moved by the circumstances of others. He can feel their pain and their joy and becomes visibly involved in the lives of those around him, whether he knows them or not. I think he would have made an excellent psychotherapist, and in so much of his daily encounters with people, he is providing just such a service for free. I think that makes... I think that makes his gift that much more precious. As I think back over all these things that I love about Peter, I notice the common thread throughout is that your father is a giving person. It is in the way that he gives of himself to all around him that truly defines him. People are all too often caught up in themselves. They worry about why they aren't happy and look for things to do for themselves that will make them happy. Your father describes himself as a man of great joy, and I think that is because he has found the answer to that quest for happiness. We find great rewards in what we do for others, and your father personifies this. Each of us is responsible for our own happiness, and we will never find it if we are looking to others to provide it for us. Oddly enough, though, when we do attain such bliss, we inspire those around us to do the same, and our joy is then multiplied. Getting to know your father and your brother have increased my confidence in humanity. I appreciate the cards you sent and apologize for taking so long to respond. I hope all is well for you and yours, and knowing more about the kind of person your dad is will help you on your path. January 24, 2002 from Peter to me. Yo, Dr. Carroll, my arms are much better. I do have a bad attitude this morning. What can you do about that? I am waiting for energy to show up. It would have to be divine energy this morning. I'm tired and crabby. I wrote to him saying, Dear Peter, please go take your meds and then come back and read this. <laughs> Alan Schreier emailed me yesterday and asked if I had found someone special yet. I wrote him back this morning and said this about you. Dear Alan Schreier, I am forwarding the bill to you with the chase statement that is coming to the house. I am glad to hear that Zorro and Zoe are settling in and hope that you are finding peace and happiness as well. I am so glad that my aunt is a help to you. I wonder which aunt. The news on Todd is great. Does he live with you now? It sounds like he just needed to be the foremost person in your life for him to blossom. All the rest was probably just trying to get your attention. I am glad that your business is going well for you too. You deserve and will find much happiness. I will tell you about mine, but expect to hear about yours as well. I found a doctor on Match.com who brings me great comfort. He is a very spiritual man and prays with me and for me often. He has eight degrees, and three of them are doctorate, so he is stimulating mentally. He is a healer and has eliminated pain from my life. You know how much I dealt with back and neck pain, headaches, and my menstrual period was just about enough to do me in every month. With his abilities as a chiropractor, acupuncturist, and doctor of Chinese medicine, he has brought my body peace, such as I have never known. It feels good to be able to greet him each day without pain. 
I am on a bit of a euphoric high from feeling so good. He is an expert in fitness and health, and this will help me reach my goals. I am still losing about a pound a week on the Body for Life program, and have lost 30 pounds since we started in June. This has improved the way I feel. This has improved the way I feel a great deal as well. Because of the all-over healing experience that we can offer people by his medical abilities and by the bonding with nature that Wildlife on Easy Street offers, we hope to create a place where people can come to heal body and spirit. I have set up a web page linking to his website until we can do the groundwork here to make that happen. And it's at, it was at wildlifeoneasystreet.com slash return dash two dash two dash Eden. Daniel Capiro just walked in and said to say hello to you too. And then I wrote to Peter. Dear Peter, Alan is a gentle person, but curiosity may get the better of him, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he were to call you or email you from your website. He's not a bad person. He just wasn't the right person. On this other matter, I had wished to talk with you about it last night, but you fell asleep. Again, this morning I woke up at six and thought it better to say that to you and thought it better to say this to you in person, but you had a hard time waking up after working so hard. I did not wish to talk about anything unpleasant while sticking needles in you, and certainly don't want to discuss it tonight while you are sticking them in me. It is a small thing, and probably just a lack of understanding between us. I know that your heart is in the right place, and that it is not your intention to impose, and more than that, I recognize that you want to help someone. I recognize that you want to help someone else. I would not pay someone $30 an hour to work in my yard. I would not pay two people $40 per hour to do it either. I invest in things that will earn a return on the investment. As long as I can get my truck from the gate to the carport, it will pretty As long as I can get my truck from the gate to the carport, I will pretty much ignore the yard. Alan was paying somebody $125 per month to keep it mowed, and I thought that was a lot. I had planned to pay one of my volunteers minimum wage to keep it mowed. My dad does it for free. I offered the work to you at your $29 per hour rate because I love you and wanted you to be able to earn a living without having to deal with people like Jeff and the woman in St. Pete. Whenever I do have hourly type work to do, I always offer it to my volunteers first because many of them are just barely getting by and yet are devoting so much time and energy to my success with the refuge. These people have earned my respect and the right to be able to feed themselves. You have earned it in the wonderful way that you are to me. There is nothing about Bud that there is nothing about Bud that would have inspired me to pay him to hang around and be a bad influence on you. It bothers me that you have asked me to support him when it would have been my preference to help someone who deserves it. It bothers me that you desire the company of someone so lacking in morals. You have read the Bible enough to know that no good can come of keeping company, keeping bad company. It bothers me worse that you have warned him not to say such stupid things that reveal his true nature when I am around. I feel that you are hoping I will forget who and what he really stands for and all of the self-defeating things you used to do together. I feel used and potentially misled. My hope is that you did not intentionally bring this into our relationship and that you are just, in, and that you are just acting out love for a fellow man who you recognize to be down on his luck. As someone who just came from such a place, I can understand the need to feel that you are giving back. 
I know you must get lonely working by yourself all day. I suspect that you may even feel you are benefiting me because two of you can do more work at $40 per hour than you can do at $30 per hour. I don't need the work done faster. Because of the, avili- because of the availability of the work is for your benefit more than mine. I need to know and understand your motives so that we can work something out that we can both be happy with. I know there are a lot of bigger projects that you are eager to move on to. Oops. Sorry, I just hit a key. And it ran my page all the way back up to the top. I... I know there are bigger projects that you are eager to move on to, but I need to see you estimate a job and bring it in near that estimate before tackling something as expensive as a house. The debt cost more than twice the estimate you gave. The canopies look like they are going to come in around $400 to $500 each, and all I needed was something to keep the rain off. Four posts and a slant sheet of metal was what I had in mind, but I didn't make myself clear. I think you wanted to impress me with your ability to do something different and dramatic, but you didn't check it out first. The deal with Jeff showed me that you will say you can do a project even if you don't know what you are doing. I appreciate the fact that you try to teach yourself and that you are willing to lose money to try and rectify a problem, but if you get knee-deep in a house and can't finish it for what you estimated, I have no recourse and you don't have a cushion to carry it. I don't want to lose the marvelous aspect of our relationship over financial matters. That is not to say that I don't want to work with you. I just need to see evidence of your ability to cost out a job, see it through to the end, and come in on budget. The food prep plans have all been costed out, and you should be able to build it for $20,000 since the freezers are done. Anything under that shows me your ability to save us money. I hesitate to hit send. It would be easier to keep my feelings to myself and let you do whatever you want. Much inside me would prefer to handle it this way, but I know it just builds up and then one day without warning I decide to move on. I guess the letter from Alan yesterday was a reminder of that. If you are reading this, it's because I love you too deeply to let this happen. And then Peter wrote back. I am not mad at all at what you said. I appreciate your candor. This project at the house is more than I can handle. My energy comes in spurts. I need Bud's help. He is a good worker, and I believe you have misjudged him. I do not do a work estimate on the deck. I did not do a work estimate on the deck that I know of. I should have. I am not sure where to go from here. Bud is here, and we are working hard, but I am tired. Should we stop? I cannot see what I am doing for now. I cannot see what I cannot see doing what I am doing now for more than one more year. In that time, I would hope to bring you five houses with cost containment and the project at Easy Street with the same. After that, I hope to move into practice and the herbs and be near you working on improving the world with our individual inputs. I do not know what I do today other than take the day off and think this through. PK. I wrote back. It is up to you how much more work you guys do today. I am just suggesting that we talk and not demanding that you send him home. 
I appreciate the manner in which you responded to my concerns. In moments such as these, I can learn and love so much more about you than all the easy times. Carol. And Peter wrote back to me. Carol, I respect who you are. There is nothing in your note to get alarmed about, only to be proud of the way that you think and the way you transfer your feelings. Tonight should probably not be confused with sex. Everything gets okay that way. However, my sense is all is not okay. If we can tell each other all that is in our hearts and in our minds and still experience such great love, and I am not talking about great sex either, all is okay. That was actually from me to Peter. And then he wrote back saying, I could see that in your eyes this morning. You are a beautiful creature from any point of view that I have looked. PK. January 27th, 2002. The sleepy, needle, sleepy needles must have worked. Dear Peter, the sleepy needles must have worked. You are out like a light and snoring to boot. That's rare. Thank goodness. I am glad you are resting. You haven't rested in a long while. I watch you sleep some nights and wonder what demons you are wrestling with. Your sleep and your breathing especially are so often distressing. Just like the pain in your arms, the way things always go so badly for you and the struggle you have to be happy, I feel helpless to comfort and protect you. Helplessness is a stranger to me and I do not know how to deal with it. I am not upset, just puzzled. I am sitting here naked, except that I have wrapped myself in your blue shirt that I like so much. I love to feel you all around me. I love that about being close to you, whether we are awake or asleep. I love being surrounded by you and enfolding you in my loving embrace. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I have faith that life is unfolding exactly as it should. I am glad that you are such a big part of my world. I know that the entwining of our lives will bring you peace. I'm going to come wake your cute little ass up and drag you to the bed. Carol. And this is from Peter. Interesting that I would snore over there and not in the bed I fixed. You had a small lecture from me last night before we went to the movies about diagnoses. We get lost in our own diagnosis of things, those things that are limited to our experience, including formal experience such as that from books. What you see is my struggle to be happy. I cannot disagree. It is. But it is guided by my unfulfilled ambitions. You are providing an avenue for me to engage and order them. You, like me, must know that the path is clearer now, but that it will still take some time to accomplish them in a depth that they deserve. In one year, things will be different. You and I will be deeper into each other, you poor baby, and each will be further on the course of serving humanity with integrity. No one on earth could be more help to me than you are. Your words are as deep as your beauty, which does not end at their surface. What a delight you are, constantly. I have never known such love. PK. January 28, 2002. Why be obvious? Dear Peter, the woman in the photo was very beautiful and someone that would catch my attention. As I said earlier, I have no problem with you admiring a person's beauty because I do it myself. When I said out loud how strange my tastes go in defining beauty, I realized that it is not up to me to decide if a person is worthy of notice or not. I had thought that your attraction to people I found to be mediocre was odd and that it was no 
anywhere near as odd as what turns me on, so who am I to say anything? My only question about the subject really was, why be obvious? I never openly stare at an attractive man, because for me to do so is just asking for his attention, and that isn't something I'm looking for. For me to do so as a woman, probably, for me to do so to a woman would probably get me slapped. I've had a security, I've had security called on me, but that's a long story. For me to bring your attention to the fact that I have noticed someone does me no good, and I cannot think of any way that it would make you feel better about yourself nor our relationship. I pondered what you get out of it during a lot of my driving yesterday and haven't a clue. People do what works for them, and I have to acknowledge that on some level you get something out of bringing your attraction to other women to my attention. To go so far as to say that you wanted to share your body with the girl at the Village Inn was even a bigger surprise to me. I chose to believe that you were just clowning around and that you wouldn't betray our relationship, even if given the opportunity, but that's just my way of dealing with it. I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes, but on this subject I can't. If I were to make the same comment about wanting to have sex with a man that we see all the time, I don't see how that would help us be closer. Knowing my sexual slant, I don't think that my comments about the attractiveness of a woman would be particularly helpful to our relationship. On some level, you may find that a turn on, men usually do, but on a deeper level, I would think it would cause more doubt. If I were you, I would wonder, is she just with me because her lifestyle won't allow her to have what she really desires? I am not asking you to change. I would have dropped it because it's not a big deal for me, regardless of what your reasoning is. I took the email and the photo to mean that you were not finished with the conversation. So, now you know all that is on my mind. I would like to know why you bring it to my attention, and anyone else that is watching you, to your attraction. Signed, Carol. His only reply was, am I allowed to look at airplanes? January 29th, 2002. Dear Peter, Every time I walked past you this morning, I wanted to jump back in bed and snuggle up to you. I felt so close to you last night when we were making love and later as we drifted off to sleep. There's something special in your touch. My period wasn't supposed to start until Thursday or Friday, but it seems like it was off by a couple of days last month, too. What is most surprising is that I had no indication of it coming. I haven't been crying. I haven't been miserable. I have had absolutely no pain. I felt tender in my abs yesterday and mentioned it because it was a new sensation to not have been working out. I don't know if that was connected. The only thing I am not sure of is if I have been cranky. Sometimes I don't realize I'm being a bitch until someone says so, usually Jamie. And come to think of it, I did snap at her yesterday. So I'm, I'm sorry if I have been hard on you. Usually I can tell when PMS is coming on and just keep my mouth shut for a week. I want to thank you for helping me feel so good. I owe you so much. I love you any, even more. Love, Carol. And then Peter wrote, You have confused me with someone else again. I do not remember such a woman. Was I talking in my sleep? I wrote back saying, You were telling me about a woman you had paid for while vacationing somewhere. You told me about carrying her back to the room because she had stolen from you. Earlier in the story, you told me it was the most incredible blowjob of your life and that you came so hard that you fell asleep and that was how she was able to lift your wallet. You told me about another woman that you remember best for saying, you come hard. Did I dream all of that? 
I know I please you, but I don't bring you these but I don't bring you to these levels and would like to know how. Tell me the source of tell me the source of your strength, Samson. Love Delilah. Peter wrote back. Delilah, my apologize. You are gaining access to stories while I sleep. You must be. Those two stories were continents apart, one in Hong Kong and one in Daytona Beach. Biggest pleasure of my life is to see you like you were twice last evening. I am sorry, but that is the great pleasure for me. Your words and your caring make up for the youth I spend elsewhere. I no longer like to come across the room. Now it is what I enjoy giving to you. You know the feelings we share when we touch. This is priceless and indescribable. What I look forward to now is day six, beginning the cycle all over. What a wonderful life I have. PK. And I was really hoping to get through the last of Peter, but looks like there's still a bunch more and I'm running out of daylight and I need to hop on my bike and get home before it gets dark. <laughs>